Welcome to Fruits of Our Labor. On this very special episode, we are having a moment. A moment for mothers and motherhood. A moment for each other and sisterhood. Ultimately, a moment for creating that safe space for vulnerable conversations. The kind of heart-to-hearts that, at least for the two of us, is lifeblood. Today, that involves getting into what it can mean to not have children, whether by circumstance or choice. Regina opens up about her own evolution as a woman without children. We both cry, but the good kind of cry, the kind of cry that comes from being loved and seen and valued, not in spite of, but because of your vulnerability. These are tears of connection, not loss. It's two streams teeming with life, meeting at a river, not two storm clouds. You know I love a good metaphor. So with that, please enjoy our Mother's Day moment. So welcome to Fruits of Our Labor. It is Mother's Day week which is a hugely important time to remember all of the hardworking moms out there and grandmothers and especially, I mean, moms always work hard, but I feel like with COVID and the quarantine, moms are, and dads are on over overtime. So um, the holiday's coming up and it got Katie and I thinking about the complexities of the holiday and motherhood and also um, those of us who aren't moms. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about that a little bit. I feel like um, uh, there's this, I don't know. I like, I, part of me wants to celebrate like any sort of maternal figure on mother's day but it can get it can get dicey with like the the wording and the relationships and there's so much nuance and like because i like i i celebrate godmothers on mother's day i i mean is that is that common i don't and like my my godmother is not a mother and you're a godmother to my one of my children and you're not a mother so like but i still consider you a part of that celebration Oh, well, that means a lot. And as someone without kids, um, I have often gotten a happy Mother's Day from nieces and nephews and godchildren. And it it means so much. But in the same way, I'm also torn because I feel like mothers, biological, adoptive women who take care of babies every day really deserve their own day. <laughs> but at the same time, I also feel like there should be a day to celebrate that uh, that role of... The maternal role. I feel like you still yeah. play a maternal role. And <clears throat> I don't know, speaking from this mother, I don't feel like... I don't feel like I need to be exclusive on Mother's Day. Yeah. I just feel like that's not the spirit of motherhood. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I feel as if 
like motherhood and sisterhood are so um, related and uh, feed off of each other that like, I, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think on any day, but I definitely don't think on Mother's Day, it's when we need to get caught up in the semantics of like the technicalities of who exactly gets to celebrate that day. Like, yeah, we keep going back to this theme of the the broader horseshoe, widening your horseshoe, but also of um, like budgeting empathy and budgeting love. And this is, right. I think, is another situation in which it's yeah. not really necessary. No, no. Like me wishing you a happy Mother's Day has no effect on another mother and how she celebrates the day yeah I think people should handle it the way they want to handle it um and I don't think like I never would expect it um but I'm more so delighted by like a happy mother's day for my nieces and nephews or my godchildren when it happens um but it got me thinking a lot about um you know just the topic as a whole and people who don't have children you know I think there's a lot of assumptions made about you know obviously it's heartbreaking when someone is going through infertility and physically can't have a child Um, or you think about the women who have had failed pregnancies is that an insensitive way to say it I don't oh gosh I don't I don't know. I mean, we can just say miscarriage. Yeah. Women who have had miscarriages or even women whose, whose children have died. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a, a category and there's instant empathy there and uh, well-deserved. Um, but I think a lot of times we also categorize women who choose not to have children as, or those, those who choose not to have children as making a definitive decision that, was easy and maybe even sometimes seems selfish and is a clear defined category. But I think the reality is that being childless, making the decision to be childless, isn't always an easy decision. It is. I would say it's rarely an easy decision. It, yeah. And it's often not a decision. And there's a category of women who don't have children because they were in an abusive relationship and didn't want to bring a child into that home or, or were, um, you know, had an abusive childhood and didn't want to carry on those patterns or women who are still waiting to meet the right person and always thought that they would have children right away. And then they see this scary biological clock ticking and it, it, that's not a choice. That's just something that that's circumstantial. Right. I think it's so easy for us to categorize people and put people in boxes because it makes us feel better. Um, but I guess I well, just... I, oh, go ahead. I, I think the natural inclination for so many of us is that when someone makes a decision different from our own decisions, we feel the need to immediately defend our decision. And a lot of times defending our decision um, also coincides with condemning their decision because it, and I think it comes from an insecurity of like, well, making sure that people have a hard time with two things being right. 
Yeah. So like one needs to be wrong and one needs to be right. And obviously you want your decision to be the right one. And or if you, if it can't be right, at least to understand it, but when we don't understand the thought process, that I think is where the judgment comes into. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, the, the, the cliche that people fear what they don't understand is very true. Yeah. And, um, and a lot of, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people don't understand uh, any view that isn't their own, but it's, um, I feel like it's such a sensitive topic for so many people because it's, it's all, it's all encompassing. Like, I don't, I, I, and then, well, it's interesting too, because I, what I was about to say was, um, you know, once you become a mother, it becomes such a defining part of who you are. Like you, you know, if it, like I was a teacher, I'm no longer a teacher and, and teacher is, is one thing because it, it really is such a defining, um, career that, I mean, it was truly like the first thing I would tell people about myself. Right. But, um, but I, it's, you know, it's possible in my life that I will no longer be like employed as a teacher, but when you become a mother, like you're, that's it. Like you're always going to be a mother. Yeah. But, but then there's also different levels of like, there are people who are, want to a hundred percent, 24 seven, like that my first role is as a mother and there are women who are like being a mom is really important and I love my kids, but that is not the number one purpose in my life. Right. And, you know, I, I get fulfillment elsewhere, not that they don't get fulfillment as a mother, but that's not their number one source of fulfillment and that's okay too. But this is when the like mommy wars start and that's where, like, the guilt and the shame start getting flung at each other like feces. <laughs> yeah. And on the other side of that, too, I think um, not having children is also can be, whether or not you want it to be a defining characteristic that you may feel like you need to explain or that other people project on you. Like, well, she doesn't have kids, but, like, you know and you can't control that narrative and at a certain point I think for people who have gone through the process of deciding to not have children you once you get okay with it it really becomes something you don't think about nearly as much but it's also an evolution like me five years ago I'll admit during the beginning of this decision making process for Jay and I I was it was really hard for me like I remember really actually struggling around this time of year um, because I was going through a bit of a grief process and now I mean that's not it's not on my radar but I think when we look at the women in our lives or really anyone who's any human being is going through an evolution and a process like understanding hopefully what's that I said hopefully hopefully we're all Uh, evolving yeah, everyone is going through a process with this stuff. So it's not, oh, there's aunt so-and-so and she has no kids and she's always sad at Mother's Day. <laughs> like there's <laughs> development and growth. And 
I don't think it's the type of thing, this particular topic that we should be prying too much about with people in our lives, unless there's a really close trusted relationship there. But hopefully, you know, some, it's something that can be talked about and discussed over time. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's tricky um, because like you don't, you don't, well, I shouldn't say you, I, my inclination is to make it like a safe space. Like, of course, you know, to talk to me and, you know, I, I'm not going to judge your decision making process or whatever, or judge your situation because my inclination is to like discuss taboo topics so that they're not taboo and that, mm-hmm. but in, in like a, in a, like, in a safe space because I would rather that than it be like, Oh, she doesn't have kids. Well, you know, is it, are are they struggling to have kids or, or, and, and it comes from me. I I don't think for not, not, unfortunately not for everyone. I think, I think for most of us, I tend to try to give people the benefit of the doubt for most. I think it comes from a place of like, of trying to empathize and be like, okay, like, is this, is it a decision that they made or is it like, are they struggling? Like just to want to know the full picture with the best intentions. It may be, but I also think it could be just wanting to understand so you can put people in a box. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not saying you as a mom do that. I think we all do that about things that we don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I guess we're probably all inclined to just try to categorize everything in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, between people and food and whatever. Um, so I, it's probably just like a basic human instinct mm-hmm. to want to make sense of everything. Um, and I do think there are those true feelings of empathy towards wanting to have an open space and like be able to create dialogue so that people can talk about what they want to talk about. I do think that that also exists. I don't think they're, they're mutually excuse exclusive. Right. But it's hard. It's, it's hard to toe that line without seeming like you just are, you just want to pry. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it's kind of like that um, thing with new, like pregnant women like, would you ever, like you as someone who has been pregnant four times, would you ever walk up to a pregnant woman and touch their stomach without their permission? Like, where are the boundaries? See, it's so funny because it never, it never bothered me. And I don't, I don't, I wouldn't do it. Definitely not to a stranger. Um, because it's still like, it's still personal space. Like, I still don't know that person. <laughs> but, yeah. But again, uh, that's a decision or an action that you take based on the relationship. And I think it's the same thing with conversation and questions. Like you yeah. have to be in the right, you have to be in a trusted relationship where you know that the gesture is going to be accepted to go up and touch a pregnant woman's stomach. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's, and I also have to, and, and I'm in general, I, I, I think I, I can struggle with this sometimes when I'm like, well, it doesn't bother me. Like, I know that they're just excited. And and it tr- truly, I, I can't think of a situation where, like, a stranger came up and touched my belly and I was off put by it. I, but I, I mean, obviously, of course, I understand someone 
being like, well, some random lady at the grocery store just started rubbing my belly and I never met her before. Like, I get in theory, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, no, you shouldn't do that. But me personally, it honestly never bothered me because I, I just knew that like they were excited and I was excited. And then we had like, it was almost like, I loved the connection. Mm, like, yeah. usually it was another mother and at, at, whether they, you know, were still raising babies or had already raised their babies and they were, you know, a, a grandmother's age or whatever. And I just really enjoyed that connection. See, that's interesting though. Why, why, I guess it's just the nature of motherhood, but like, why does it, feel better when it's another mother because there's that shared experience I guess yeah yeah because it is, and I would say if a stranger was rubbing my belly it tended to be an older woman I like I a lot of times it wouldn't be someone who I would have considered my age um but I think it's kind of like it was it was almost like I was experiencing a like a mother a motherly touch on me mm. and then I like it was like it was comforting it was like oh I've been there I've done that and it was you know and and it's so exciting that I can't keep my hands from touching a stranger's belly like, this that's is how excited they are this is a really interesting parallel conversation though because in the same way I would welcome the question about not having children from a woman who also didn't have children incredibly faster than I would from someone who did. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Because the assumption there, and I would say in most cases, a correct assumption is that you're not going to get judged by this woman because this woman has probably experienced all of the same questions and struggles and battles that you have so you're you're gonna relate to her she's not asking you so that she can size you up and decide whether you're a selfish human or not yeah and like all decisions in life I think it's it's so interesting to think about the way that the decision impacts you and your feelings about it and potentially like your partner's feelings about it but then also the way that it will affect the other people in your life. Um, so for me, one of the things that was really surprising to me about deciding not to have children was I thought a lot about, I thought a lot about my family. Like I was so worried that they were going to be, I don't know, upset or disappointed or, you know, disapproving. And I luckily, I mean, I was a little worried about my own parents being upset about not having more grandchildren, but I mean, my parents couldn't have been kinder about it. And luckily we have a lot of, there's a lot of grandkids in our family. So there's plenty of kids and love and all of that stuff. Um, But I thought about, you know, my siblings and my husband's family and my grandmother. And then on the personal side of it, I also even more so than I struggled with what does it mean that I'm not going to be a mom? I more so thought about like, what does it mean that I'm not going to be a grandmother one day? Yeah. And that was almost harder maybe because the mom concept was already so upfront and in my face. 
Um, but we've been talking a lot about our grandmas lately and um, with Mother's Day and with my grandmother in particular, because she's an amazing woman and just beat COVID-19. Um, but I thought to my future self of like, okay, I'm 65 and, or 70 years old. And my peers said all of my girlfriends are having grandchildren. Like, is that when this is going to be ha- really hard? Like what happens then? Well, and I wonder because I would think the the task of being a mother is, of course, incredibly fulfilling, but it's also very daunting. Like, and, and that's common knowledge. Common knowledge is that being a mom is hard. There's not a narrative that being a grandma is hard. Like, the the narrative is that being a grandmother is magical and special and it you know you and pure and yeah just joy exactly and so that that's kind of like the I feel like the common narrative is like you know being a grandma is the reward for putting up with all the shit that you did when you were a mother like Mm -hmm. then then you get to be a grandma so it may, and I, I, I would, this would have never occurred to me unless you and I were talking about it. But I, I wonder if it's because like, that's like, it's, it's held, it's held on such a high pedestal. And it's a gift. It's like a gift that you give your parents after they've raised yeah. you. Right. Right. And, and it's also, there, I mean, there's just, there's something poetic about like the way someone who's coming into their life, a child can relate to someone who's I don't want to say nearing the end because I don't I hope that none of our you know none of the current grandparents in the world are anywhere near the end even yours at 94 yeah um but there it's like the 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 ages in between like the age that you and I are now like we're in the thick of it and like we're in the trenches like we're trying to figure out how to do everything and how to be the best fill in the blank at all times and how to juggle it all and the kids they don't they don't care yet like they don't they don't they don't have any of those struggles hopefully yeah and that's how it should be so they they have such a pure existence of just living to you know go outside and try to find as many green leaves as you can and yeah and the grandparents have gotten out of the trenches like they they've already done all that deep not that they can't continue to evolve as a human because I hope that never ends but they have hopefully gotten to a point in their life where they're able they're more comfortable with their priorities and Mm -hmm. their their stress level is less because they've just they've just done it for longer like they know what to worry about and what not to and so the time Exactly. And so the bond that can be had between a grandparent and a grandchild is just so different and so valuable. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I think more than um, like more than the pressure of not giving my parents that gift for me when it came to that grandmother realization, it was more so like I cherish my memories as a kid with my grandmother so much that mm-hmm. it was sad to me to think that I wouldn't give that to someone. Well, do you have anyone in your life who plays like a maternal grandmother role 
who doesn't have kids? Um, there is someone, yeah. So, I guess my point is, because, I mean, I, I do as well, and I think my point is that not having biological grandchildren doesn't determine whether you will or will not have that role. Yeah, in that's a life. really good point. I talked to my sister Becky about this because she and her family, she has four kids as well. And they've moved around a lot because um, of work. And somehow in each of the cities that they've landed in, she has made these friends who are like around my mom's age or a little bit older. They, some of them have had children, some haven't. And they, it's usually through work because she's a teacher too. And these women have like adopted her and her family as this like surrogate grandmother role. And <laughs> this one in particular where she is now, <laughs> all the kids are in quarantine and they're just driving, it's driving them nuts. And she called Becky the other day and was like, I will do anything you need. I'll buy your kids a puppy. I'll buy them a PlayStation. Like, what do they need? <laughs> so that's... That's yeah. awesome. So that's another, and it doesn't surprise me that Becky, of like, would collect people like that because she's so yeah, wonderful. But she's, we love. She Becky. is a great example of someone who isn't afraid to add to their horseshoe. Like, I think that's part of it is being open to it. Yes. Yeah, and I actually. I'll have to find it. I, I can't remember which which Instagram account it was. It was either like Upworthy or like Humans of New York. It was one of those like where uh, most of the times they, they post like these like just human interest and especially right now a lot of positive stories. But there was this one written by uh, the woman was probably our age now, maybe a bit younger. And she and her family moved into a neighborhood when she was like small, like five. And she was an only child. And the next door neighbors were were like her grandparents' age. But um, her grandparents lived, I mean, across the country. Like she didn't have much of a relationship with them because she could never see them. And she went over and she would spend time with that. Her mom would work a lot and her dad was gone a lot for work. And so she spent a lot of time with this older couple and she marched over one day and said how um, she wanted them to adopt her as grandparents <laughs> and not, not like adopt her as in like, take me away from my home. Like she specifically wanted like that a role. grandparent. Right. And I, I think like they were so excited that they like they typed up a certificate and like, oh, my God, I'm going to like I'm going to get teary eyed thinking about it. But I um, the woman eventually passed away and um, her husband, I think, written in um, in the obituary. Sorry, I was going to say eulogy in the obituary was that um, like they included I, I think her name was Katie, actually. Um, she is survived by her husband and her granddaughter, Aww. Katie. Wow. I know. It was so sweet. So I just, I feel like it's, it's a matter of, like you said, have, if you have that horseshoe perspective, like you will adopt grandchildren. Yeah. A hundred percent. God, what does it mean when you, pro- when you cry on a podcast? 
I don't know, but I like legit have tears coming out you of my do? eyeballs right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like, and that you, I mean, I think we mentioned on one of the podcasts, like my husband's seen me cry like 10 times. Wow. So, okay. Get it together, girls. <laughs> <sighs> Mother's Day brings out all the emotions. And I do like, I feel so, so lucky that. I have all of these beautiful kids in my life. And I like it's going to be so fun to see them have kids. And the thing is like that's my point is you already have like this like magical maternal aunt role so which is I would I feel like the the aunt role and the grandmother role can be very similar in that like I don't need to raise you. Your parents are in charge of making sure that you don't turn into yeah. psychopaths. I I get to just be that good listener and go on the walks and do the thing where, you know, we sit and watch movies on the floor and eat junk food until 2 a.m. because I'm not creating a pattern. <laughs> like I, I can do I can do those things. You know it's special because you're coming to your Aunt Regina's house. And then you can go home and you Routine. know go back to your regularly your your regularly yeah, scheduled yeah, programs. Yeah, totally. Um, so I I have so much faith that I mean, God, they better my kids better have. That when I always threaten my you. nieces and nephews, I'm like, which one of you is going to take care of Uncle Jay and I when we're old? <laughs> yes that's what I mean like and and you and you are so good about fostering the relationship with your nieces and nephews like you don't just show up at you know uh, the birthday party once a year like you're you're really invested and it's so meaningful whether they realize it now or not Um, and so I, I there's no doubt in my mind that it's you will be surrounded by grandchildren when you are a grandma's <laughs> age. I think too, for women who um, don't have the big family that I have, or for those who are in a new place or are single, like I think there's also, and it, I definitely don't think it's easy, but I think that it's nice to know or to take comfort in the fact that you can build those relationships, then they don't need to be biological. Yes. Yes. My mom always will uh, remind, she hasn't actually reminded me yet. Um, I'm, she, she's slacking here because we're like a week away from Mother's Day. Um, and she has yet to text me to remind me to send my godmother oh. a card. <laughs> and I need to make sure, now that we're having this conversation, I, I need to make sure I remember to, to send some love to my aunt Eileen. Well, this has been a really good chat. Thanks for making me cry. (laughs) Um, I have a really nice thing to end on unless there's anything else you wanted to share. I no, I don't, I don't think so. I think if, if inevitably I'll think of something and, I'll maybe I'll just write a blog post about it. <laughs> It'll just be that'll be my yeah. my PS. Um okay, so recently and this just affirms everything that we've we've talked about today, but there was an article uh it wasn't even really it was like a, a month 
much shorter than an article, but um, it's called An Anarchist Quaker's Prayer to Soothe Anxiety. And it came out right around, it was March. So right at the beginning of COVID. And it was like, basically, um, it was a response. Uh, it was an email response to someone from their therapist uh, when her the therapist's office was closed for coronavirus. Um, and yes, yeah, and I remember basically that. it's like, Yes, all of the things that you're feeling right now, your clenched throat, the knot in your gut, the fact that you can't breathe, this is like you trying to deal with the anguish and the fear and the stress surrounding this pandemic. And one of the lines, I'm going to cry again, but one of the lines was just because your body can hold all the tragedy, the panic, the tension that, that it is holding right now, that doesn't mean that you must go on holding it forever the love god i'm gonna cry um you're gonna have to do some editing katie <laughs> i know i don't want to i want to leave it in i think okay, it's so, so good is, uh it's basically you don't have to hold on this onto this stuff forever the loving grandmother in you know this to be true yeah and that can be for anyone a woman a man anyone yeah yeah, I know. I feel like it's important. Like we are specifically talking about women and our then the sisterhood and the motherhood and the maternal relationships, but um, really that's because it's Mother's Day. It's not because um, there's any gender determining the kind of relationship that yeah, you have with someone. Absolutely. So the moral of the story is that everybody has an opportunity to nurture and to love and husbands and dads buy your wife flowers on mother's day yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's a that's just although i will say my mother-in-law always said don't waste your money on on flowers i'd rather yeah my mom's that way too not about jewelry but she she's like ah find me a plant with roots (laughs) That that I that I can appreciate too. I can't like because then you know it, it won't it won't die. But um, well, in yeah. theory, it won't die. Um, so um, I don't. I I guess <laughs> don't buy your wife flowers unless she has repeatedly made it clear that she wants yeah. flowers. <laughs> if she has repeatedly said, "Don't waste your money on flowers," then yeah. listen to her. <laughs> Just listen. Just listen, listen to mothers. Um, well, happy Mother's Day, Katie, to a mom who definitely deserves a wonderful week. Happy Mother's Day Thanks. to Aunt Regina. And to all those women out there who are without children. By choice or by circumstance, we see you. Next time yeah. we'll have to bring tissues. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The end. Okay. Thanks for listening, even during the tears. We hope this chat resonated with some of you and are grateful for your feedback on our conversation. You might have noticed that at the end of this episode, Katie and I sounded like we were talking over each other or interrupting each other. We've been facing some technical difficulties recording the podcast remotely and have ultimately decided to take a mid-season break 
until we can record together in person. We think it'll be worth it. We'll continue to post on Instagram at Fruits of Our Labor Podcast. You might even see some blog posts from us. Until then, please take care of yourselves. You are worth it.